Welcome to Enlighten Up, the Hilarity Podcast with Lizzie Allen and Karina Lauren. We take hard topics, throw them up in the air, and dissolve them with laughter. Each week, we feature a comedian from the Hilarity course, and we discuss topics from their set. From sexual shame to getting older, we tackle it all with humor and heart. Our goal is to awaken the masses, promote love, and increase connection by dissolving shame, all while making you laugh until you pee your pants. So let's enlighten up and get started. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode three of season two, the Hilarity Recovery Project on Enlighten Up, a Hilarity podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie and Karina. Karina, Karina, Karina. And how proud are you of us right now? <laughs> I am so proud. We're in season two, which is almost a miracle for two people who do not finish things. Exactly. We're kind of, well, our past selves were non-finishers, under-functioners, but look at us now, bitches. Look at us now. We're finishers. Finishers, yeah. In every sense of in the word. In every sense of that word. Finishers and not over-functioners, we're balanced functioners. Today we are. <laughs> Today is a good day. Today is a good day. A good day to finish and a good way, good day to balance. So, yeah, joy, joy happiness, happiness, December, laughter. man. Yeah, but I've been thinking so much about the importance of joy and play and laughter because I get so much of my joy. Have I got a baby? No, no. She touched the nostril and I thought, oh, what, have I got a flapper in and out as I breathe? By the way, I love how the Brits say bogey instead of boogie. Because boogie means something else to you. Boogie means dance. Yeah. (laughs) And it also does mean dance for you as well. It does, yeah. It has a double meaning. Boogie. It doesn't have it. It's bogey. It's always been bogey. Anyway, let's not get off. Let's not get off track. Okay. We're so, we're focused individuals. I suppose though, bogeys and farts, toilet humor, all of that stuff, it's all room. Oh my God. That fart humor will always make me laugh. My sister says, (laughs) when, if you have a bogey, she'll go, bat in the cave, bat in the cave. (laughs) Which I like. I thought that was funny when I first heard that. <laughs> but I, lo- I love the humor that it's like, uh, I got to take the Browns to the Super Bowl. Or I got to drop, the, drop kids the kids off, off at the pool. pool. <laughs> yeah. Brown trout. Okay. Pr- okay. This yeah. is going okay. to, you I mean, it's we fine. love it. It's fine. We love it. But um, for some of our more sophisticated listeners, and we know you're out yeah, there. You up there on the West End Hill. I don't know what that is, but. <laughs> you up there in your ivory tower. We see you. <laughs> yeah. We you probably you. don't even fart. Okay. Moving back. <laughs> you don't fart because you're too important. <laughs> swallows i had a very <laughs> that's a story from my childhood right i had my my dad's parents were really like middle class and just very kind of sort of tight and buttoned up and my grandmother i was outside with her and my grandfather outside the kitchen i remember it and i was only about 10 years old and she farted right and she just quickly went oh look at the swallows <laughs> And I just, I just was like, and I ripped inside. I, I ran inside and I found my sisters and my cousins and I went, grandmother, just farted. 
went, oh, look at the swallows. And I did that impression for freaking years. She never, she, not in front of her though. Ooh. I'm going to use that though from now on. If that happens, I'm going to say, look at the swallows. <laughs> I know. It's like, gosh, you know, that they're, they're like, hey, we're all here. We can acknowledge that. You let out a little Tommy Clapper. <laughs> it was okay. The point is it's okay because you said we want to have fun and play more. This is this is welcome to adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> we're laughing so much because we're so excited about our performer today um, from the Hilarity Recovery Project, a dear friend, Deneen. And uh, she has all, oh, she's got so much joy. So I'm looking forward to getting involved with that, um, getting you know, sharing that with you. Getting little. involved get involved with that. that Let me get involved with Deneen. <laughs> Deneen is... Deneen, oh, wow. Deneen's Deneen. laugh alone brings joy to my heart. It's it's like I'll laugh, but the truth of it is it's pure joy. I can feel yeah. it coming out of her. She's so, such a beautiful woman. She is. Oh. Yeah, so oh, if you just... Re- my God. What's my going on with you? My zipper's all the way down and it's in the back, which oh, means my butt's showing. down. <laughs> Just I'm glad this your, isn't a live studio audience. Keep it in your pants, Karina. If God can. damn it. My effect on women. <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. My <laughs> Do you remember the Carry On films? No. What, what is that, British? Yeah. Well, then how would I know it? We're in Canada. Oh, my God. You would love them. <laughs> I don't know them. them. There was a whole load of them, and they came out in the like 70s, 80s, and 90s. Oh, not even the 90s, probably the 70s and 80s. And it's called and Carry they, On? They were called Carry On. So it could be like Carry On Camping or Carry On This, Carry On That. And it was so funny. And it was like, it was all like racy kind of innuendo stuff. You're going to love it. Oh, you and me, we wait. have to have a movie date with these because they were, they were just comedy gold. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Have you heard of this thing? I'm going to go off piece here. Have you heard of this idea that crawling... <laughs> Like a baby. What, curb crawling? No, no, no. What? Curb That's crawling sounds for, like being a prostitute. No, when you're looking for a prostitute. Oh. No, 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 no. Not that. I mean, go in your house on the carpet and crawl like you're like you're a baby. Right. It's supposed to rewire your brain. Oh, for God's sake. For play. I know. Isn't that nuts? Rewire your brain for... Blaine? For play. For, for play. So, yeah, to be like, let your inner child out. No, Can you... I'm just going to do okay. my knees in. No, but when I heard that... What made me laugh was thinking about a high-powered male CEO going home, right? In his full suit. And- <laughs> no, you're going into dominatrix freaking territory no, no, no. where just men crawling. dress as babies. No, just crawling around. No. And that's how he grounds himself. If you're a high-powered CEO, please message into the show if you do that. <laughs> it's a bit like, what's his name, um... Uh, from Die Hard, who who gets off a flight and starts fisting yeah. up his feet in the carpet. Yeah, that's right, grabbing the carpet. Okay, yeah. let me ask you this: What have you done in the last week that you could call playful? Well, it would be obviously the games in the Hilarity Recovery Project are really playful, and but I'm facilitating that. But it is really. I guess it's my part in facilitating the play and then I enjoy what comes out of it. I enjoy witnessing everyone just, you know, these grown ass people just like, you know, making comedy gold in front of me through play. I guess that's it really. Um, I'm laughing with my friends quite regularly. Yeah. Okay. When was the last time? So my daughter and I have this thing where we call it disco anywhere. 
we'll be in like Shoppers Drug Mart or the grocery store and a song comes on and we'll just look at each other and go, disco anywhere. And we'll start dancing. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Should we issue a challenge? Challenge. It's not, the challenge is to play. Okay. So over the next couple of weeks till our next episode, your challenge is to find a moment where you forget maybe that you're supposed to be a stiff upper lip adult and just play. So that could look like dancing. It could look like blowing bubbles. My personal favorite. It could look like mm, playing a prank on someone. (laughs) You know, there's all kinds of ways to play. You know, or like seeing something slightly inappropriate uh, or, you know, just like what we were talking about in the last episode about breaking out of conditioned roles and boxes is to say something that you're thinking that you usually would not bother saying. 100%. 100%. Because people love that. They 100%. love it. When you say something that you shouldn't really say, but everyone's thinking it. Yes. Yes. Or just eat a candy off the floor. No. Don't do that. Karina just made this right. We were in a class the other night and Karina made this whole song and dance. She went, ah, and everyone was in a circle. She went, ha ha, wait, wait, wait. Then she picked up a skittle off the floor of an art room and she, um, she ate it. Uh, but she ate it as a sort of piece of performance art <laughs> and everyone went oh, oh. they went don't eat that too late too late. already and went, it's absolutely fine and then i got high as a kite <laughs> yeah, from the ba- sugar bouncing off the wall and, yeah. and the whole class there was a crushed skittle next to me and i kept meaning to say karina did you want this one too <laughs> I won't eat stepped on candies. I didn't think so. That's my boundary. But you know what? This is the challenge. Play, have fun. What is life for if to not have fun? Did that sentence make sense? Yeah. I sounded like I went was, all Shakespearean. You did. And what I like is that. life like to not have, to play, to not have fun? Old English. <laughs> be or not to be? That is the question. Yeah. What are we all doing here? Bequeath. <laughs> Betwix. I don't like the word bequeath. It sounds a little too, we won't get into it. Bequeath but me. Bequeath me. Listeners, out in listener land, we are so excited that you are still with us on this Hilarapy Recovery Project season. We are so excited because not only are we presenting these beautiful comedians to you, we are also teaching and, uh, well, I'm teaching and Karina is uh, taking part in another wave of the Hilarapy Recovery Project. And I just want to highlight that these performers from the last course, the ones you're listening to and have listened to in the last couple of episodes, have been going out into different community events and to organizations and to galas and things like that, where they've been sharing this beautiful message of recovery and living life. And like you say, having joy. What is life if not to be for joy. Yeah. Right? Because joy is um, a distillation of love. Mm. Do you like that? Oh my God. Yeah. If love was like this bandwidth, like a sort of stream of energy, joy would be the central core to it. Do you like that? I feel bejoyed right now. I am also (laughs) bejoyed. Just thinking about that. (laughs) I feel like I'm in the rainbow. Oh, Oh, stop. And that reminds me of the Skittle you ate. (laughs) Me too. I was like, taste the rainbow, baby. (laughs) I'm going to eat a dusty old sweet off the floor. You're like, there, I did it. I played. (laughs) 
ate, ate a dusty old sweet. Um, yeah. So speaking of being in the rainbow, in the love, is sandwiched in there, cushioned in the pillows of joy. Oh, Deneen is literally that for me. Like she, and by the way, I don't know if we've mentioned it, but Deneen is helping um, support support the HRP course, which Currently. is so lovely yeah. because just her laugh alone, as I've said, it on. I'm trying to think of how to, it envelopes me. Her laugh alone envelopes me in love and joy. So it's such a gift having her there. And I cannot wait for you all to hear her set. So shall we? Shall we roll it? Let's. Please put your hands and your feet together. (laughs) Your diggers. (laughs) Put your hands, feet and buttocks together for Deneen. Volvo business, hey? That was pretty funny. <laughs> well, um, I'm, uh, you, you heard my name, I'm Deneen, and um, I'm a half-Indigenous Scottish woman, okay? So, that makes me a bargain hunter. <laughs> hey, how about that? <laughs> okay, so... My dad's indigenous, and my mom is ha- is Scottish mainly. So um, I want to introduce you to her mama, and that's Grandma Millie. Okay, so Grandma Millie, she's a pretty. She was from Purdy, Missouri. Okay, that's in the USA. So she um, comes from a long line. Okay, of farmers. <laughs> hay chewers and fiddle playing folk okay so this lady okay I'm sure you guys have grannies right shout out if you have a granny that's a teetotaler and she likes to give you cookies and lots of encouragement and love and all those things come on you some of you right that wasn't grandma Millie okay She wasn't one of those, okay? She would say it for how it is, okay? So she'd say things like this to her grandkids. Um, Deneen, those jeans are so bloody tight, you're going to ruin your chances of having children. (laughs) (laughs) Then she'd say things like, Deneen, put those legs down. Quit showing everybody your monkey. All right, now, she'd say, okay, when we go to Auntie Pauline's house, you make sure you turn your cheek right away. Don't let her kiss you on the mouth because you don't know where those old lips have been. (laughs) Right? I'm like, okay, right? So then she says, okay, Denise, quit that smoking because your lips are going to turn out to be looking like an old asshole like Auntie... Like Auntie Pauline's. <laughs> and Auntie Pauline, right? <laughs> she said she puts that red lipstick on and it goes all down in the cracks. <laughs> yeah, she'd crack me up, that grandma. She'd say, okay, you see your uncle out there? She said, quit smoking pot. Don't be smoking it because look at him. His brain's about mush. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, okay, Grandma, right? So she had all this worldly advice. <laughs> Anyways, my, my grandma, okay, she would um, call a few barn dances in Saskatchewan, okay? So she could, she could fiddle, I mean, she could uh, yodel, okay? And she could, she'd sing all these songs. So I thought, well, I'm going to impress Grandma, and I'm going to really practice her favorite song. Right? So I'm like, okay. Well, I'm going to perform it for her. So I'm like, Grandma, I've been practicing. I'm going to sing it. She goes, okay, go ahead. Right? <laughs> i got to put this up here because this is really good. Okay? You guys, you guys ready? Okay, so I'm like, okay, Grandma, get ready. I'm like, okay. Okay, get ready. How does it go again? <laughs> I was practicing it in the bathroom. Okay, I'm leaving on that blue river train. Come on. I'm leaving on that blue river train. That same old train that brought me here is gonna carry me away again. Okay. <clears throat> to me, if you, I sound anything like that, I'm going to stop singing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks, Grandma. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, for me, okay, I didn't take Granny's advice about the smoking, okay? I didn't listen to her. I smoked everything and out of everything, okay? <laughs> and out of everything. You know, I had a Cheech and Chong bong. Oh, there's a divot. <laughs> And that got confiscated. I was pissed off. And then I had, um, oh, smoked out a few pop cans, right? Sarah doesn't know about that. Because she... <laughs> I'm sure there's a pop can smoker in here, a few of those. <laughs> Anyways, you know, I, you name it, I did it, right? So then another thing that I managed to do was drink like my grandma. And she really liked to drink. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. Yeah, never mind that. We can't, we can't make it into a Netflix special, right? So <laughs> we'll leave that. So anyways, um, she... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I uh, drank, right? And pretty good, too. So I'm going to give you guys some advice about what not to do while you're drinking, okay? So you decide, you're driving in a vehicle with your friends, and you decide that you don't like the dress you have on, okay? So you say, okay, well, this is a good idea. I'm going to throw my dress right out the window. <laughs> and then we're going to the after-hours bar, so I want to stop at home and get changed, okay? So I say, okay, pull over, bring me home. I'm going to get changed, okay? So I'm like, okay, shit, what am I going to do now? So here's another thing you don't do, okay? So you look, I looked at the mailbox, and I'm crunched behind the bush, right? Because I'm wearing, okay, if you guys lived in the 90s fashion, okay, you always wore nylons, okay, with, with no knickers, Lizzie. <laughs> okay, no knickers, right? So I'm uh, like, oh, shit, I got to ring the doorbell. I forgot my key. 
and don't do that. Don't forget your key, especially if you plan on getting naked. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I look at the mailbox. I'm like, oh, there's a newspaper in there. So I wrap myself in newspaper and I ring the doorbell. Okay. So my brother-in-law, okay, your dad, Kara, <laughs> answers the door. Okay. And he's like, oh, what happened? <laughs> And I just raced right past him, right? I just ignored him. And then he went upstairs and he said, hey, Michelle, like there's something, I think your sister's been violated or something. Um, (laughs) She's got no clothes on wrapped in a newspaper. (laughs) So she comes down there. She's like, are you okay, Janine? Is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, mind your own business. Fuck off. Right? Like I'm getting prepared to go to the after hours bar. So, and she was always sticking her nose and everything. Anyways, you know, um, don't do all those things. But all jokes aside, I'm telling you this is that thank God that I have 16 years coming up of sobriety. Seven, how many? 17? Oh, I'm going to be 17, see? All that drinking caused some damage. I don't even know. (laughs) Irregardless. Um, (laughs) I'm telling you, being a part of HRP has totally been a blessing for me. Because we all walk around with that shame and stigma about um, addiction and alcoholism. And it's rampant in a lot of our families. And I know for me, I've lost family members. I've lost friends to the disease. And you know, it's all over our community. We just like to pretend that it's not. And it's there and it's killing everybody. So you know what? If you're around here and you're getting sober, stick and stay. Because you know what? It really pays. You get to ride the pony. And you know what else I'm going to tell you? Okay, a word of advice. Put your legs down, stop showing your monkeys, okay? (laughs) And and your, okay, this is nasty. And your snakes, okay? (laughs) But you know, no, you don't have to do that. Go ahead, do whatever you want. And I gave, uh, I had give my friends this advice. There's no shame in a little slap and tickle. (laughs) All right, Deneen. Deneen, all right. The joy. Oh my goodness, so funny. Just the way she just laughs and laughs and laughs. It's just pure confidence. There's there's also, there's a uh, presence about her that I really love where she just gets up there and she knows who she is. Mm. Like, you'll see some comedians, there's one I can't think of his name right now, but he's very like deadpan and he'll just get up there and he'll talk like this and he never laughs, nothing. It's deadpan, but that's who he is and it's funny. With her, she's just up there. She's like larger than life. That's how I feel about Denise. She gets up there and she's like, okay. Like she does her thing, but it's like, I want to be in her world. Yeah. Because it's funny. I just love it. The Just the confidence, the, the pure confidence, which I think is a testament to her recovery and to the work that she's done up to this date. Yeah. But there is something that um, she didn't really dissect the meaning of it, but the part where she was talking about her grandma Molly 
And Millie. 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 That's actually what I wrote, but I can't read my own writing. And here we are. Okay, Grandma Millie. Mm -hmm. So Grandma Millie had a lot of advice. She sounds like she reminded me a bit of my grandma, like very opinionated, right? And would just dole out the advice that you haven't asked for. Um, (laughs) But she said something along the lines of, you know, Grandma Millie would put on these events and she was a singer and she was a yodeler. And there was a part where I could see little Deneen wanting to fit in, like be accepted by her grandma because she learned, she learned a whole song, right? She learned the whole song. She still knows it and was, and was yodeling to try to be like, yeah, look at me. Like I've done this. And the grandma's response was like brutal, really. Yeah. You know, if I sound like that, I'm going to stop singing. Mm -hmm. And that's the humor. That's the humor that's like, I recognize that kind of biting wit in my family system as well. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, that kind of like undercutting and it's, and I think there's so much love behind it because you can imagine the grandma just enjoying this child singing this song and then, you know, and then they, they have to, they just have to have to make a joke. Yeah. Well, and we, we both, you and I both come from that as well. Like where, my heart felt like it broke a million times in childhood because of comments like that, but it made me who I am today. Like the, the com the comedy that I do, it's all, and same with you, like it's all shaped and formed from these comments. But as a child, you're just trying to like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to do it this way. And I, Oh, I won't do it this way. Next time I'll do it this way. So I can be funny enough and good enough. And I could feel it sort of like a knife in my heart when, Mm. you know, I'd get that's five minutes. I'll never get back. Mm. Or, um, guess you had to be there Mm. like deadpan or like, uh, yeah, get to the point, Karina. Like we don't have all day for this, you know, all that kind of stuff where it's like, Oh God, it's so hurtful at the time. But it's, it's shaped us. Absolutely. All of us, like Mm. even Deneen too. I'm like, what a, what a beautiful, uh, woman who's just owned her story and who she is. And you can see like there is healing and recovery there, or she wouldn't be doing what she's doing. Like she wouldn't be saying what she's saying. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like she, she didn't really talk about it, but you could kind of, I could, I could feel it where it's like, Ugh, if I sounded like that. And trust me, I am the worst offender as a parent. Like mm. I have definitely said, I've told my kids, like I acknowledge that I have definitely been impatient and tried to get a laugh and a joke and have said things that have may or may not hurt you. But if they have, please tell me anytime. Like I'm open, I'm here for it. Mm. Like I, it, it, I'm not going to be offended or hurt if you say, mom, that time you said, you know, <clears throat> hurry up or whatever, whatever it hurt. I'm, I'm open to hear all of that kind of stuff, which that's is the te- healing, which is a testament to your recovery and to recovery in general, that we know and we identify where we have made unconscious errors in the lives of others. You know, this is just, this is just part and parcel of it. Like no one is innocent of stepping on other people's toes. And it's all about, you know, our own need as people and parents to fit in and to kind of, you know, in some way gets validation even from our kids by getting a little laugh. And you do get a little laugh. That's the thing. It is funny to witness our parents say those things. But at the same time, the underlying message is you're not good enough. 
all right? You're not good enough, do better. But that's not necessarily true. It's just as it's just that part of it. And so when we as parents, and I know I, I have to stop that kind of behavior coming up in me with Sydney, my daughter who's turning who just turned 13, is this very same thing. I immediately get a joke in my head, but it's very belittling and it's a habit and I don't say it. You know, as much as I like kind of, ooh, you set me up for that one, but I don't. Um, and it's and it's because I, you know, I grew up in that, you know, in those family, those very sort of British toxic environment families where it was like that. Just, you know, get a laugh, get a laugh, get a laugh, because everybody's wanting to break that tension. There's just been so much collective trauma. I guess in, I mean, just just going reeling back a couple of generations in my own family system and just in general in the UK, you know, they had a brutal time during World War One and World War Two, a lot of trauma. And so I'm sure a lot of like, you know, the humor ramped up a, a fair few levels just to cut through some of that pain and just release some of the, the heavy valves that were building up. You know what else I've been thinking about? I've been thinking about the family system and like, um, you know, Denine said something too, like family and addiction. Like, I mean, there's family and addiction. You look at Denine's story about walking in at her sister's place and it's like F off basically. Like I'm yeah. right. But, but what I've been thinking about is generational, like generational healing. So if you look back, you touched on world war one, world war two. I was thinking about my great, great grandmother who committed suicide during world war two under Hitler's reign. They were in Germany and she, she wrote a suicide note and it was about how, um, the, basically at that time, the propaganda from Hitler's minions was so bad that it was, it would say, if the allies come into your town, they're going to rape you and kill your, torture your children in front of you. They're bad. And she, her husband had just passed away two years prior and she could not cope. She was like, I can't, I cannot cope with this. Like the world is too much. I'm feeling too much. I can't watch you go through this. And she, she took rat poison, like strictly. It was all, it was brutal, brutal. But what I started realizing is I thought about the effect that had on my great grandma and my grandma, which was like, don't feel Mm. move on. We don't talk about this. We don't feel because it's too painful and look what happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that gets passed down generationally. And so you do get that kind of not, I don't want to say cynicism, but it's sort of like a, like deal with it, like move on. Ha mm-hmm. ha ha. Like this, this is a joke. Like we're, yeah. we don't have time to think about your feelings and how you're doing because no one should have time to do that because you're just going to get hurt. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, what have you, you don't, I mean, this is a big one uh, that comes down from my, my dad's side. And I think he must've dealt with it so much growing up so you don't have anything to cry about yeah you don't have anything to like you know you want me to give you something to cry about well he never (laughs) said that luckily but he was just um he was just like none of my stuff um gets validated by him because he had it so much worse and then of course whoever went before him had it 10 times worse than that and so on. And if you do go back, the more you go back, the more brutal we treated oh, one another, right? Medieval so it, times? Yeah, right, forget it, mate. You'd be lucky if you come out with your thumbs. Or your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Thumbs and tongueless gentlemen Jesus. and ladies and uh, non-binary folk out there. Like if you didn't get the black plague, you got you know, yeah, or live in a sewage house, yeah, or have scabies, leprosy, or any of the other unmentionables. <laughs> like we're all sitting on a hotbed of trauma, basically. Yes, so it's, it's, it, and and that's the joy of life. That isn't is the it? joy of life. The joy of life is recognizing that you are not alone in your trauma. It is. But being alive is traumatic. So for goodness sake, pull yourself out of that <laughs> nosedive <laughs> and get back on the hobby horse. Today's episode, we are talking about fun, joy, play, laughter. Those are the things that release the valve of tension, but we want to do it in a healthy way, don't we? Yeah. Like like part of the, one of the challenges we said, you know, go out there and have joy, do something playful. The other thing I've started to do is like, I went to Costco uh, recently and it was madness, right? And in the past, I used to get like, Costco is the perfect place for me to detach from my body. <laughs> like, it's like an out of body experience, right? Where I just sort of like become, like I just hang onto the cart and I just follow where Shane's going because I'm like a child. But what I realized is like, that's the perfect place to find the joy. Like just observe watch life is batshit crazy and when you go to somewhere like costco that's where it's the craziest everyone's in there like like a bunch of ants milling about trying to get all their stuff it's packed it's crowded but you can just sit back and be like this is the human experience like wow Mm -hmm. look at all these humans look at all their little what are they thinking yes what are they feeling and some of them incredibly unconscious scrabbling around right trying to stay away from themselves away from the feelings yeah away from the horror of being alive yes yeah it is it's it's people watching, right? And we all, I I think a lot of people like people watching, but you can do it anywhere. You don't have to be sitting in a fancy cafe at the street side in Paris. (laughs) You can do it anywhere. Well, I've decided this trip I'm doing in December back to England. Yeah. Well, it is December now, but uh, at the end of the month for Christmas, uh, I'm going to people watch my family. So I'm going to (sighs) detach in the middle of the, because Christmas in my family in the UK is lots of people coming through and lots of gatherings of eating together and all of these things. And everybody's tired. Everybody's kind of crotchety. Everybody is desperate to get into their own place and space. And yet there are these moments to connect and all of those things. And I'm just going to be shoved in the middle of it with Elaine and Sid. And, um, you know, and Elaine and I are, are uncoupled. We're not in a relationship, but we are in relationship. We are um, best friends navigating our family. And, um, and, and my parents and my other family members don't really understand the dynamic of that. Mm-hmm. But it is important. I just want to say this just, just for my own uh, self is really important that in a gay family and the coming apart. I mean, Sydney is not my biological child, but she is my child as in a chosen family. And, um, I, I don't know if my, uh, all my family members really don't understand the, the, the magnitude of what that means to me and how important it is for me, uh, for them to recognize Sid- Sydney as their own, right? That they are in relationship with Sydney because she's desperate to go back to England and see everyone. And she's just 
13 year old living in her innocence, you know, just loving England, loving my family, you know. So yeah, just feeling ooh, a little bit of emotion come up with that just because not everyone recognizes that when they're straight and they're just, well, it's not your child. Fuck off, you know. Honestly, this is not even just a, a gay thing. Uh, sorry, but you know, this is a blended family thing. Right. And any, any person out there who has a blended family knows like it's having a blended family. I was told once having a blended family is the hardest kind of family. And then you add recovery to it. And that's you've doubled up on the hardness. Like it's difficult. It's challenging. And uh, I've been in that experience where um, not on my family side, but on my husband's family side, they did not my boys have not been accepted as their own. And sometimes like the, the point is like, you're powerless. There's nothing you can do. Actually, that's not true. What you can do is just love harder. Like that, that's all that that comes and have an open conversation. Like I did with my boys and, you know, my husband was with me and we chatted with them about their experience and how they felt. And we let them know how upset it made us so that we address the elephant in the room. Cause mm-hmm. it was, it was pretty pain. It is, it's hard to watch children go through that mm-hmm. well, we went at the hand, it. at the hands of an adult Yeah, where you're just kind of like, open your heart. God, how hard is it? But <laughs> yeah, well, me and my sister, you know, we, from, from the age of six, we were with my stepdad. Um, and then he had two more children when we were teenagers and his parents just, did not accept us as part of their brood. And so it got really embarrassing at Christmas. We went over, yes. I just got to tell you this very quick story. We went over for Christmas one year and um, they were handing out all the Christmas presents to their, you know, to, to my other cousins, my step cousins, if you will, and, and to my own brother and sister. And then they gave me and Becca those free little packs you get on the aeroplane yeah. with just the one pair of disposable socks and a disposable... And yeah. it was so humiliating. Yeah. And it was humiliating for my mum, I think for my stepdad, and of course for us. And we never went back to another family gathering at their house again. And when we were little, we used to go there and absolutely love it because we were none the wiser. Yeah. But my poor mum was sitting in the mix of it all, just feeling so out of place and just feeling like she just wasn't, you know, accepted because of the stigma around you know, their precious son getting with a, a unwed, you know, and, you know, yes. a divorcee with kids. Like, couldn't you start fresh with somebody innocent, a, a good yeah. girl? That This is just it. So yeah, I think um, that's exactly what my boys went through and us as a family. And we didn't go back for that kind of gathering. That was our commitment to them. Like, we're not going to put you in that situation again. So I think it really is like, you do what you can do mm-hmm. and you make it as comfortable and as loving. Like you guys have so much love in your hearts. And I think that comes through and that's all you can really do. Yeah. And my family, like my mom, more than anyone knows not to do that. Oh and she yeah. She is incredibly good with young people anyway. So she just brings oh, Sydney in, God. you know, she has all, and, Bless she, Wendy. and she's got photos of Sydney up in her house, you know, along with the other grandchildren. So in that way, I'm fine. It's just sometimes just other members of my family, they just go, well, you're not going to be in White Rock for the rest. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm based here. I'm based around my family. Yeah, I'm going to go off and do my thing, but I'm always going to be here. And they're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, yeah, I am. 
Stop telling me what you think I am going to do. You think I'm so like rudderless or rootless that I'm not going to stick by the people I love and I've made a commitment to. This like, is this harkens back to our other episode where we talked about roles mm-hmm. in families and how families put their expectations on you based on how you were or how you have been. Or even how society operates. No, when you break up with someone, you yeah. leave. You freaking leave. And it's like, well, not in this case. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely true. And I think um Oh, and actually like Sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say because um, we did go way. I don't know how that subject came up, <laughs> but um, at one point in Deneen's set, she does mention her niece who's in the audience. Yes. Which, I mean, this is the family, the family healing. Yeah. So there's her niece, her sister's, or it might child. be her brother's child. I don't even yeah. know. I don't even know. No, I it's her. Check. It's I think it's her sister's child her sister's because child. her bro- her brother-in-law opened the door to her wearing the wrapped in newspaper, which just makes me think she's been to the butchers, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I know. And the way that we rip through our families, like she said, I just ignored it. I I just said, yeah, just walk. And then said like, fuck off. I'm going somewhere. Yeah, Just leave me alone. Like, you know, that's, that's the selfishness of addiction through and through, but it was just so precious and nice to have that family uh, connection in the audience. You know, the niece witnessing this, you know, this, this, loving family member of hers 17 years clean um just you know living her best life living her joy vibes just you know sharing her heart with the world um yeah i'm just super proud of you denine you're so freaking cool i love you to bits yeah denine is doing what denine is living the gift of recovery like truly and having that healing journey with the family like you said the the, the mm. fact that that family that she was talking about in her set was sitting there in the audience like mm. how cool is that mm-hmm. so we can we can be the joy bringers mm-hmm. right in in christmas in christmas in yes, <laughs> christmas with, town with christmas we- fourth coming yeah now is the time to be joyful so that is the challenge over the next couple weeks find the play find the joy be an observer Watch people and yeah. find the funny in it. Yeah. It's quite comical, actually. And when you go into your Christmas experiences, um, whether you know, you're know you around lots of people or perhaps not so many people, just practice observing. You know, Be the people watcher in those situations because it can separate us from being so fully immersed in the drama and the chaos of family systems and all of that jazz. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think that kind of wraps up this episode. Yeah. We love you so much. Love, love, love. Joy, joy, joy. Joy, recovery. And yeah, lean into growing, learning, joy, fun. And farting. <laughs> <laughs> lean into it. Lean into it. Goodbye. <laughs>Dear listeners, we are a two-woman shop here, and this is a little labor of love. So anything you can do to show us some love, our love language is subscribing, sharing on social media, and coming to one of our many shows. And if you're feeling really adventurous, take a course. Don't be afraid of a good time. We love you, we love you, we love you. We're out.